lights, camera, microphone. This is what you've been watching. Hello, everyone. This is your buddy and your pal, Ouch. And this is what you've been watching. Yeah, that's not going on the DVD. Hello, everyone. It is your buddy and your pal, Ouch, back again with what you've been watching the TV and movie review show here on the Ouchcast. Uh, the 2000s. The late 90s extreme hangover was in full effect, wondering what the hell we did last decade, yet not really changing anything about our behavior or learning anything. I think we're a couple of years away from another wave of forgotten TV moments from this era, in listicle format or explained through GIFs or JPEGs, letting us know, yes, these insane things actually happened. But then you have the issue of, did these things really happen? Or did these things just happen to happen? Uh, okay, even I'll admit I'm lost in my metaphor. Remember, the 2000s also had the invention of reality TV, where we thought certain people were so interesting. It's not impossible, but I'm so put off by humanity the only way I'll pay attention is if there's a clickbait headline attached to a clip, or if you show mild interest in me. Look, I'm a monster. I have my weaknesses. Which brings us to today's topic, Viva La Bam, specifically Season 3. In past iterations of my creative endeavors, specifically blog form, uh, ouchspeaks.wordpress.com, I have written about the first two seasons, possibly multiple times. Time makes everything hazy. Which, actually, every now and again, someone will find and look them up. This is post-Jackass the movie, after the original series, where the real stars, quote-unquote, landed TV spinoff series on MTV. Johnny Knoxville went into real movies, Bam Margera and the CKY crew created Viva La Bam. Steve O and Chris Pontius got Wild Boys. And Dave England, Aaron McGeehee, Preston Lacey, and Wee Man are certainly human beings. Yes, that's mean, but please tell me a project they've done in the past 20 years. Looking back on the series before the viewing, this is definitely going to be one of those things where there's a lot of stuff you just can't do anymore? Remember, this is pre-social media. The most technology we had was maybe the sidekick phones that could do email. I could only imagine the crap Bam would get if the show was airing now, mostly for what he did to any and all members of the family. For sure, I remember at least thinking I was the little degenerate who would do the things Bam would do, despite the fact I never owned a skateboard. You know, 16, I'm in high school, emo girls were a thing and exactly my type. 
It was that thing where outlandishness meant entertainment. Does it hold up to 2022 standards? Well, we gotta get through this season, at least. Episode 1 in the skate park driveway. Uh, yowza, not even two minutes in. We have the story told to us, not even bouncing an idea off the characters or anything like that. They pretty much all just immediately go to California. Now, I'm finding myself having a lot of laughing at, like, shots of reactions. So, like, Bam and Ryan Dunn go to Compton to find Compton as Terry, which <laughs> they're in the car, like, jumping around to hip-hop music, the whole deal. Ryan Dunn is just sitting quietly in the back like a good boy. I don't know why it made me laugh, but it really did. And I mean, this whole episode, absolutely no story, honestly. Everything is a smash cut to the next scene. The last five to ten minutes are nothing but skate videos. But I really did laugh a few times. It's a strange season opener, but I did enjoy it. Thumbs up on that one. Episode 2, The Uncivil War. Now, I have a joke. It's my impression of Bam Margera. It's basically just him in that high-pitched voice, I'm gonna go do something! Ha ha ha! He literally did that on this episode. There's an element of putting on a show involved with it, but he literally did my impression of him. It's on tape. I'm completely vindicated. I'm gonna have to find that clip. All things considered, staging a Civil War reenactment in your backyard, probably a miss in terms of content aimed at the appropriate target market. He probably thought they were going to get more out of it, but not really. Uh, the first instance in this season of using CG to enhance the story. They've been fighting over this cannonball they find in his backyard. They fire the cannonball to hit the treetop casino from season two. I'm not saying they didn't. They show the blown out hole in the wall. They show the tree that got clipped by the cannonball. So they did shoot it down. They did shoot the cannonball. Probably wasn't even enough to really see what happened on camera. So they did what they had to do. I don't have a problem with that, but in HD, big TVs, all that, you could really tell what they did. Overall, not a great concept. Nothing too much on the group. This is actually a thumbs down on that one. Uh, Fort Knoxville, the prank war with Johnny Knoxville. An absolutely perfect setup and concept on this one. And to be fair, you know, there are some really good ideas here. Like gluing pool balls to the table, sharing Knoxville's phone number to entire town of Westchester. This is some pretty funny stuff. Sean Penn is there. For some reason. And it's just such a weird cameo. But some of the things... Some stuff is a prank. 
Some stuff is the destruction of private property. You gotta know the line between those two things. It still works for the show, so thumbs up on that one. Uh, the episode where Phil and Don Vito are attempting to be rock stars. Throughout the show, there always seems to be this huge focus on bars, pubs, partying, and whatnot like that. This is the introvert in me. I can barely get out of the house some days. Let alone go do karaoke with my weird uncle. And also, I just have to imagine there's a nervous MTV intern who has to worry about permits and paperwork to see if they can even use the footage they recorded in these places. There's a scene of them, like, you know, taking singing lessons. It kind of shows there's a lot of amping it up for the television show. Like, there's some lines blurring of, do they really think the song goes like that? It's a fine episode, but it's very borderline abuse on Don Vito. Very much a middle ground. Mutiny on the BAM, where the crew is on a giant ship. Probably more of a dichotomy of the show. But should you really be getting in trouble with your mom at 24? However old he was, mid-20s for sure. Not even getting into trouble. Getting caught getting in trouble by your mom. It's always just a weird moment. Uh, there's a part where Vito is shown almost accidentally falling over in a hammock. Like, literally, the next shot, he's super sweaty and red-faced. But the scene before, he just got schoolboy pushed into a pile of ropes. But the weightlessness of a hammock will flummox him into a heart attack. It always seemed weird. Again, another canon bit. It enhances the story, but it's clearly CG. The odds of hitting a 6 foot by 3 foot tiki bar from an old-fashioned cannon far away, it's just not going to happen. Also, I don't think the cannonball is going to cause an explosion. I am not a cannon expert, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I forgot to give this one a rating. That's fine. I'm going to say middle ground. I mean, there's some, again, there's all funny bits, but I don't have it all completely written down. Uh, Angry Ape. Ape cannot complain for 24 hours. Brandon DiCamillo actually shows off he's probably the quickest wit in the group. So he sneaks in and pours red dye into the laundry. But then he just keeps referencing the color red. It's just like, hey, I once read this thing somewhere in the newspaper. Who's your favorite actor? Robert Redford? Like, it was really clever. And then, you know, at the end of the episode, for the 30 seconds, he was the character as a waiter. It's like, it's really good and clever. He does not get that much time to show off. Uh, You know, trying to make someone complain, shenanigans ensue. An inflatable bounce house is indoors. Except they're diving into it from a second story. Yeah, they're all skinny as rails. It's still not a good idea. And then just throwing food down. That's incredibly mean. 
And then the ending scene is where they just have a rave all night in the house. For having to deal with a rager, Ape kind of looked rather fine and at least somewhat rested. Here I am at 33, and if I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm running at 40% the next day. Curious how that works out. Uh, overall, thumbs up on this one. Fits the format, fits the characters. It's incredibly mean, but I do like it. The Mall of Bam. Everyone is stuck in the Mall of America for 24 hours. Uh, there's a scene with Bam doing an autograph signing. But the one thing they don't do anymore is... For some reason, all certain kids just wanted Bam to slap them. Ye that's a thing you can't do anymore, is letting a celebrity slap you. Way too many liability issues. Ask any UFC fighter why they can't pose with submission moves. You'll find out real quick. One thing that's disappeared, is anyone under the age of 20 gonna know what a swirly is? I mean, don't get me wrong, all toilets are now low flow, so you can't get an actual swirl going. It just seemed like a weird meme. Vito is mad that he has to sleep in a mattress store? Guaranteed the cheapest bed there is probably better than anything he has. They've shown his house in previous episodes. It ain't much. Uh, this is a thing less on the show, more on skate culture. The, the skate demo. Ignoring the fact that they split up one trip of the, to the Mall of America for two episodes, they were also there for the rock stars. So, I'm surrounded by a giant skater crowd, waiting hours and hours to see my hero skateboard. Uh, it doesn't say for how long he skateboards, how long they were there. It's not really speci specified. And B, I myself don't get to actually do any skateboarding? Where's the fun in a skate demo? Just watching someone do their thing? Seems, this seems like a weird call to me. Again, for some reason, everything is working for me with these episodes. They're, I'm actually amazed by this time they're still holding up. So again, thumbs up on this one. Uh, Bamature Golf. The gang plays mini-golf. Uh, there's straight-up vandalism on Vito's car. Like, the gag is they're hitting it with golf balls, but then they just start breaking it. That's just not cool. Uh, in this episode, amazingly enough, there's not much there. I mean, part of it may have been me binge-watching the series, but the characters and everything kinda wore on me over time. It doesn't mean anything when you get the dopamine hit immediately, where you don't have to wait until next week to see what crazy hijinks Bam and the gang get into. Plus, this looks like it's an episode that had a lot of edited out, because it didn't even show half of the actual holes, so... We're going to go with middle ground on this episode. The three good things. All things considered, this still has an awesome theme song. You get hit with such a high intensity, yet simple rock riff that stays really memorable. And here I am, still able to sing all the lyrics. It sets the show of the theme. It sets the theme of the show as the actual sentence there. It's catchy. It's perfection for what it does. Uh, in a weird way, the chopped up, sped up style of montages and B-roll 
actually kind of work. To give credit where due, the DVD has the commercial breaks cut out so that you don't even get a blank screen in between scenes, and that pace kind of works. Not a lot of downtime, it's pretty much content the entire episode. And so many things on this show appeal to solely in the living vicariously through kind of way, which is probably not the healthiest way to look at things. Like, if you were never the troublemaker, this would work for you. Plus, seeing that group dynamic, especially in your 20s, is probably the most important time of your life for actually forming friendships and bonds. Uh, the three negative things. Number one, uh, the overuse of Don Vito as the butt of all jokes. Like, I'm not kidding. It honestly walks the line of abuse between how much he's just, like, like more like mental abuse than anything else. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Vito is innocent in this. Somewhere in there is he wants to be famous, so here he is on TV. Like, when entire concert crowds and tours are chanting your name, how do you come down from that? Put it like this. If the show happens, but alternative alternative timeline rules, and he doesn't get involved, I think he'd be just as happy, honestly. Like, he was real reserved in the first season because he barely knew what was going on. It just seemed like it's a little too much. Uh, negative number two. Bam may be the draw and star power, but there's no way I would consider him charismatic. I mean, he'll get in a quip or a line every once in a while, but the most he really does is set up the episode. I guess the appropriate term would be a host, but he barely even does that. I guess when it's some of your money and your crew is doing all the work. I mean, you know, to quote the theme song, you can do whatever the you want. And then negative number three. Honestly, the crew is barely there in these episodes. The moments where someone else is in the spotlight, sometimes they barely do anything. The only one who adds anything is maybe Deco, as Raytheon barely speaks. Rab himself is just a dunce, is even bigger than Bam, and Ryan Dunn barely even gives a damn that they're making a TV show. With the focus being on the overtop reactions of April and Don Vito, anyone who isn't laughing just gets pushed to the side. Overall, I could lie to you and say this is a piece of dreck from the worst TV era of all time, but I won't. Honestly, I still found some entertainment there. Maybe it is just the weird magic of nostalgia covering for it, but this viewing held up with mostly thumbs up for most of the episodes. Plus, considering that this is lumped in with the Season 2 DVD and a bunch of deleted and cut scenes which I'm not sure to lump in with a review, but going back to those might be a free time thing. There's plenty in the package, especially now that it's probably only found in used media stores for a couple of bucks. You know, 
DVDs, CDs, video games. You probably have your own local stores you go to like that. Again, probably getting the right age group to watch it is important, but there is still some jackass slash Tony Hawk's Pro Skater good times covering for this one. Strangely enough, it's a recommendation! Well, that'll about do it for this time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ouchcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at JustOuch, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H. Or send an email to ouch64 at gmail.com. And if you really want to show your appreciation, consider a monthly donation to this little old podcaster. Click on the link in the episode description to find out more. Until next time, everybody, you'll hear from me soon enough. Bye-bye.